Entering players. Fahrenheit, Alex G, Jesse, Wayne. Co-op mode activated. You're listening to XP Hunter. Welcome back, Hunters. It's your friend of me, Lee, here. And we're here for another co-op mode. And we brought back uh, some of our favorite companions from the last uh, episode. And then we have a new one today. Uh, so on my right, once again, we have... Jesse. Jesse. Welcome back. Thank you for coming. Thanks for inviting me. And we have a longtime companion, Fahrenheit. Hey. Feeling good? Looking good? Oh, yeah. Feeling hey. great. Okay, and new we have Wayne. Hi everyone. Thanks for coming. You're and welcome. of course we invited back Alex G because she's like our our resident like politico and and knows everything like boss <laughs> black woman. <laughs> so Alex. Hi. Thanks for coming back. So today we're gonna like look deep into ourselves because uh, I feel like when we did Black Love it was super interesting. We really talked about a lot of things that personally affected us. And stuff like that but this one i wanted that was really kind of centered around like the world and how it affects us as black people but i want to talk about today about how as black people we affect each other mm -hmm. and some of that is influenced by outside um people or forces but some of it is stuff that you know is kind of ingrained and we've been doing it for a long time for good or for bad uh, so we're going to be talking about colorism we're going to be talking about um gender dynamics or um, historical gender roles uh between black and black men and black women and how those have changed and evolved uh as far as it goes with like uh, socioeconomic standing women making more than men women's uh place in the household now versus then uh, so does anyone want to kick it off like let me know i know some people have some very strong feelings so i'm gonna give you an option okay. are we starting on anything first or whatever speaks i'd to like you. to start it off with a question okay go ahead how do we hear people complain about, you know, how men feel about their women making more money than them, but how do women feel about them making more money than their male partner? That's a good question. I mean, me personally, uh, your friend of me has no problem with that. I mean, for me, it's, <laughs> could you meet, the thing is like, I don't really believe in the standard uh, gender roles, like women should be at home and be taken care of and mm -hmm. men should go out and work and do those things. The thing is, it, that dynamic has to work for you as a couple. So uh, actually I have a coworker who just left and his end goal isn't to be a stay at home dad, but that's what he's gonna do for a while. He's gonna be at home with his kids. And he's like, I'm gonna save seven hours every week because I don't have to like drive here, um, drive my kids to daycare, drop them off, drive to work, then drive back, pick them up at the very last minute, like right when pickup ends, right? Like he's like, I can be there when I need to be there. If they have a special event at school, I can go. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a great thing to want to do as a dad, because a lot yeah. of dads or even normal parents can't do it. Like the workday is crazy long. So I think if that works for your your family, if that works for your, your relationship, that's what needs to get done, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I would agree too. This is Alex here. I, I would especially agree, especially if you are actual partners and there is like a trade-off where it isn't like the person is making less and you're making more, but then you're also still doing the traditional chores that women are expected to do. Whereas like, oh, I have to grind at work for 40, 80 hours a week or something. And then I have to go home and grind at home too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I don't mind. And I understand like, just because of like racism and other things, like sometimes men will make less, like that's just how it is. And like people of color overall, like regardless of gender tend to have issues and everything with um, better wages and benefits and things like that. 
But as long as like we are partners and we talk about it, and we're also both ambitious, where it's like we're not gonna stay at a job knowing that we can't support our families and everything like that. Like you know, we're both like trying to do our best and trying to work hard. I don't mind that I make more than my partner, but my mm-hmm. partner has to be a true partner yeah. and not necessarily be like oh well like I can't you know do whatever whatever I can't pursue my passion or my dream or whatever so therefore I'm not going to do anything at all yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I'm not going to support the household I'm not going to you know take care of the kids I'm not going to help out our parents enough and I'm just going to do whatever and I I think men expect the same thing of women for the most part you know they don't want to just, you know have a woman who is also like that, who's just sitting at home and not doing anything, who is caught up in things and isn't, you know, either helping out, you know, both on like the home front or helping out like on a work front or both, you know? And I think that we kind of get a, this isn't like an internalized thing, but I do think a lot of people, Americans are dissuaded from changing that that gender role um, because we always see it as like a negative, right? Like in movies, it always presents itself as like the woman who loves her man so much that she works, she grinds, she pays for him to like better himself, go to law school, do this, do that. And then mm-hmm. once he's gotten it, he just leaves, right? Mm-hmm. So all her effort or that, that love is betrayed, that confidence is betrayed. Um, and we never see it as positive. It's never presented positively. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, I'm definitely cool with it as long as you're not insecure. Yeah. Um, and just like uh, ABG was saying, like, I don't want to I don't want to be your sugar mama, like taking care of you. It should be like we should be taking care of each other. Yeah. Um, like so if we're both, you know, ambitious, we're both working either. That's like, you know, a nine to five or we're working on other things to you know, better advance both of us, then I'm cool with that. It doesn't bother me. What about a man who aspires to be a stay-at-home dad? I mean, what's wrong with that? Uh, I'm asking no, what I your opinions are. The thing is, like, stay-at-home parents, if they got paid for what they did, regardless if they're uh, men or women, they would be making three figures, six figures, sorry, six figures, because all the stuff they do. I mean, if you're doing it to the fullest, why not? You know, I mean, yeah, it's not Fahrenheit I'm, is like, shaking her head. She's not about it. She's like, no. I'm not about that. But. Sorry, I mean, Alex. If I could make that much money to support me and my husband, and he's gonna stay at home and like make all the lunches and do all the food and like take care of our parents and take care of our children and fold the laundry, hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't wanna do any of that. And so it's like, if I find a guy who has that capacity, I definitely don't agree with that. But yo, if I if oh, I if I can find a guy who has that capacity, mm-hmm. confident himself, and he can do all that, and I made enough money to support us. Yo, let's go. <laughs> right, well, okay, that might make sense in the in the context of a stay-at-home family, but what if it's just you two, no children? What about a stay-at-home boyfriend or husband? I personally can't do that, but <laughs> I just couldn't Wait, be with someone that wanted to be a stay-at-home home person like that. Why are you staying at home, though? Yeah, like, why? Like, I don't... Wait, wait, I don't like think it's point, fair. The point of staying at home is that you're caretaking. Yeah. What if he's dog-sitting? He's uh, dog-sitting. <laughs> we are not oh. those people. Okay, let's just point that out yeah. right now. I mean, there are people who love their pets, right? Black people are not those people. I mean, no. we love our pets too, but we're not, we not putting I them in not. carriages. We're not doing that. I, I'm talking about somebody who gets up in the morning and goes to sleep. That's his job. No. Well, okay, well, but the thing job. is, like, exactly, no one's going to do that. That's I the thing. That's, that's not a job. I see where... <laughs> I think it's not like, are you talking about working from home? No. No. So that's the thing. Like, that's what you. I'm talking so, about somebody who who. Do at home. 
Washing the dishes, laundry, you're, you're the, the windows, mama, then. everything yeah. you describe that you don't want to do. Nothing. Well, the thing is like, but he's handling he's handling the domestic duties. Yeah, but no. the thing is like, what Ashley, <laughs> what, what Alex is talking about though is like, if you're in a partnership, you've already talked about what they're gonna do. They don't mm-hmm. just stay at home. You know what I mean? Whether or not they're like, oh, I'm gonna work on doing this stuff for charity, or I'm gonna you know go out and, and volunteer at the local library or you know be the in the reading brigade or whatever like they're gonna do stuff you know what i mean because like that's like they, so what do what do women who are married to men who they live in that dynamic what are they doing mm-hmm. they're doing stuff they don't just sit at home they they run an at-home business or well you have something multi-millionaires like and billionaires who just want the trophy wife it yeah. doesn't matter what she does she just has to exist and look like that yeah but she no. has to do something with her yes. time she's not sitting on the couch all day no but i'm, I'm that, person, w- that person is a social life like that's something yeah. different that's than job. staying yeah. at home you still have responsibilities and you're still you're still doing like charities when i think of, when i think of, when i think of stay at home and like a stay at home person or spouse or whatever things like that they're staying at home because they're doing There's a caretaking. Reason. Yeah, they're, they're and doing like, something. and they're and they're caretaking whether it's an elderly parent or they're caretaking children. Um, that's what I think. As in the like trophy spouse type of thing, it's like you're still doing other things. Like so, like okay, so like you may not be being like. So it doesn't matter that he's home. It just matters that he's useful. I mean, or making use of. Because, you know, there are people who are, you know, collecting unemployment benefits who can very well work but choose not to. And those people, those men, sometimes have women that, you know, turn a blind eye to his thoughtfulness. I couldn't do that. I can't be with anybody that's unambitious. I can't. That just turns me off. But do you think that that, that's a a trait that black women have in general? Like That we we accept it? Not that we accept it, but that we don't want to accept that. Like, that would never be something. Because I personally feel that way about a lot of black women. Like, we deal with stuff, but, like, not stuff like that. Since the average black woman is, um, hmm. There are more black women, um... Who are doing well than mm-hmm. black Definitely. men you know black women yeah. are the most educated demographic in the country yeah mm-hmm. right and black people black men are the most overrepresented in jail and you know we just don't do as well so there's this slimmer pickings be- right i would disagree with that so you are right that now like in the last couple of years now black women are the most educated but when you look at populations of like if you do all the black women versus all the black men black men are still more educated overall like from historical things mm-hmm. and then in terms of like overpopulation in jail you are 100% right about that but in terms of money most millionaires and billionaires are male regardless of race mm-hmm. most of them are married and so in terms of like actual what is actual wealth like when you actually look at wealth versus like general income inequality, things like that, black men still do better. Most celebrities, most four stars and everything who are millionaires are black well, men. Well, let's, exclude, let's exclude the 1% and let's, you know, talk about people we can reach out and touch and relate with in, in that context, excluding the, you know, the, the millionaires and the, and the athletes and everyone you just mentioned. In, in that context, I mean, I would say, and I could be wrong, and if I am, please correct me, but the average black woman middle class is better off than the average black man no 
I would say on low, and I would say if you go down further, on usually when it comes to low income communities, that's possibly true, just because historically black women have had more work opportunities because of domestics. But when it comes to even the middle class, black men still do better on the middle class level as well. Um, I, I, I buy is, that. I buy that. Yes. You know, as far as the middle class they financially, they tend to have houses. They tend to have more houses. They tend to end up being paid right. more. But I, I'm including uh, the working class as well. So, but the thing is that there's still a pay disparity between men and women. Like mm-hmm. I had that argument with yes. someone. I was like, "This guy's new. He's he's. I'm supposed to be helping him, but he's asking me questions about how to do his job." And I'm I'm pretty sure he makes more money than me, even though he came on he came on before me. And even my mentor was like, "Yeah, it's possible that's true because he's a guy." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "I don't have time for this. I'm too good at what I do to be getting paid less than mm-hmm. someone who obviously knows less than me." And even for a lot of women, those qualified women you're talking about, like that's the situation they're in. Like they're doing a job and they're getting paid less for it because they're a woman. And the idea is still that the gender dynamic is that a man has to take care of his family, and so they need to make more. Mm-hmm. I think for black men themselves up like I will definitely say there are differences in the people I grew up with versus the people I went to college with so I will say a lot of the guys who I grew up with they do struggle they do have issues they have not been allowed to have jobs and opportunities Um, things have been harder on them they are viewed more harshly so people look at them with like oh you're a criminal or you're this you're that and, and honestly, what's sad is that a lot of it also is tied to like mental health issues and self-esteem. Like most of us, regardless of gender, have been told that we're not good or we're not good enough by somebody, whether it's from our families, the outside world or whatever, things like that. And a lot of that, us carry that on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And that stuff trickles down into how you view yourself, how you see yourself, what opportunities you go to. Like, for me personally, a lot of people did not say great things about me. Like, people would, would tell my mom, oh, she's going to get pregnant. Oh, she's going to smell herself. She's going to drop out of school. All these different types of things. And for some people, like, if you don't have people around you to support you along the way or to encourage you along the way, you will end up becoming those things or you will struggle with those so things. So that's a good so transition. I, that's a good transition. I will, I will agree and say, like, yes, low-income black men do face a lot of difficulties and issues with holding down jobs and when it comes to homelessness like when it comes to homelessness like black men fear the worst because a lot of programs and stuff are designed for women and children and they're not designed for men so you'll see more men out on the street and more men having issues because there isn't that many men's shelters there isn't that many men's programs because there's the idea and the view that well men should be able to take care of themselves they should be a man they should pull themselves up and everything and it doesn't account for racial disparity so when you're talking about people on low income to working class and people who fly back and forth between that yeah there's definitely issues there's definitely problems and things like that but when you talk about the greater larger black population men do tend to do better in, in professional sense like once they can break out of that barrier and they can get to go to college or they can get to go somewhere, they skyrocket. So I just wanna use uh, what you were saying as a springboard uh, to the black family. So like you were saying, uh, uh, in a, in the black family, like what what is the basic structure? Like uh, Fahrenheit, in, in your family, like what was the structure? When you were raised, was it kind of like, well, your dad has the last say or 
was it kind of like your mom was the one who's like um, making all these decisions? So my family might be a little different because I was raised by a single mom, so I didn't have that dad like how, how aspect. How were raised with in a single parent household? I was single. Um, my mom was same. as well. Yeah. yeah. So like I didn't I had have both my parents. Okay. Oh, you have both your parents. Okay, so Jesse. he'd probably be a better person to ask that question. But for me, I mean, obviously, my mom was the main person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was the question? Like, how do I so see like, a black yeah, family? Like the black family structure. So, uh, in one of the papers that uh, I shared with you guys, they were saying that the black family structure uh, had been kind of. I don't want to say disintegrated. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was perverted or corrupted during slavery because they would sell, uh, they yeah, would for sure. intentionally break up families mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And so they're saying there's a reflection now between that and now, which I don't wholly agree with. I think that there are other extenuating circumstances yeah. that broke well, up a family because yeah. I'm thinking of like even like during like um, I think like the 70s and 60s where they wouldn't give like single black women like welfare or anything because like the black man I mean, was like something like that like oh, yeah, i know yeah. i know there what was, you mean um uh they basically give them assistance or something in terms of you know welfare you couldn't you couldn't be eligible for welfare if you had a man, man in, in the, the house home. yeah so they, yes. they incentivized financially incentivized single parenthood yeah exactly yeah. so mm-hmm. i know that so, so like i grew up in a single family household with mm-hmm. um, my mom uh but i did live in i live in an extended like family group so like my grandparents like bought a house mm-hmm. they like a lot of people who got married back in the day because that's what you were supposed to do like they ended up separating they weren't divorced but um you know but my mom's whole life like they were together like they lived mm-hmm. in the same house occupied the same space and everything and so my mother is still very much even though she knows her parents relationship was not um, great my mom they my mother, parents with benefits <laughs> No, not even that. Because there was just a point where my grandmother was like, nah, I'm not about it. Because my, okay. She's done. So there were just things in the black community and from my experience also, especially like, like very prevalent in West Indian communities as well, uh, is that like men, men just wander, you know, daddy's a rolling stone. So for my yeah. grandfather would be like, the one thing that really pissed me off is when I found out that there's a woman, she passed away recently, but there was a woman who lived on our street, literally like diagonal across from my house that he has slept with. And I was like, like come on like you don't you know you don't shit where you eat like that's yeah. just lazy and the thing mm-hmm. is like um even my mentor told me her father was like if as long as you're taken care of why do you care if your husband is with other people and mm-hmm. that's the mentality that i think a lot of black men have because it's like well if i'm doing what i need to do then you shouldn't be bothered but you know what's the point of being married if you're not gonna be beholden to this nah, marriage i think you're giving people too much credit people <laughs> cheat, people cheat for ego <laughs> that's true, really true, it true true they don't that's there's um, no justification justification is well, she don't know. <laughs> well, my mother is still very much of the opinion that, you know, that women should do certain things and men should do certain things. Not that you don't have the freedom to do other things, but it's like, well, if you take too much control or if you exert it, not so much that, I mean, all wives and mothers and women have tons of controls. Just mm-hmm. It's in the perception of, like, their usually male counterpart. I, obviously, I can't speak towards LGBT because I'm not, mm-hmm. but it's like, the perception that they're the one making the decision when you're really the one who laid it all out and they followed the breadcrumbs and now yeah. this is the decision we've come to, quote def- unquote. Yeah. Um, so it's just exerting a certain amount of power over them that like makes, not that makes the issue, but she's like, you know, she's kind of being a sociolog- sociolog- sociologist, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or a psychotherapist and she's like, when you do certain things to people, that makes them react a certain way. So the second that you make him feel like he doesn't have any power or control in the situation is the second that you lose him. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not untrue. And it's not untrue with women either, right? Like, the second that you take someone's choice away, they they flounder, they they react. Um, and I think in black families, it's a lot like that. Yeah, I would say for sure. I don't know. I could have been di- raised a little differently just because my mom's been a single mom since I was like two. Mm-hmm. So like when I was growing up, it was like my mom always instilled in me like you have to take care of yourself always. And anytime there was male presence, which was not often, like I didn't have any positive role models at all. To this day, I don't have any positive male role models. I saw a lot of that on TV. That was how I saw like how a black family should be. And then, you know, I didn't really see how a Haitian family should be because I'm Haitian. So I was like, I don't know, maybe if I go to church, I'll see that. But I didn't really see any positive. So like for me, it was always like do for yourself because these men ain't going to do nothing for you. Yeah. And when men were around, I just kind of, I don't know, they, they never in my mind, I know they weren't going to be there that long. Not un- like, <laughs> not just like talking about like my mom's relationship with them. I just never seen even with my friends like positive male role models that stuck around it'd be like oh dad's visiting for the weekend and that's it Mm -hmm. so i don't know like the black friendly to me was like the mom was always and always going to be in charge or a female figure is always going to be in charge so that's how i kind of see the black family like if there's no female figure then that family's kind of broken yeah that's how i also feel just i mean my mom raised me but i mean my dad was there like you know he took me to my grandmother's house and i like met like my extended family sometimes like me and my grandmother are close but everyone else is kind of like blah like i have half siblings and all that stuff it, and for me i was like why did you like he just he just wasn't a good like yeah, father figure like as a person right because you have to remember just like parents have to remember that their child is is not an, a f- reflection of themselves their child is a, a unique individual entity that they're just raising mm-hmm. right because you're born with your own characteristics and in personalities and so it's like my dad as a person just he just wasn't ready to be a parent he just wasn't yeah. in that position like because he was still kind of in his own head and he was kind of selfish mm-hmm. and it's i mean not that you can't think of yourself when you're a parent and you should that's that's mentally good for you but he was just like really selfish like he could yeah. only think about what was making him happy uh and so yeah that, that was the biggest issue. Very like, for my, like for um with my family eventually it ended up becoming blended mm-hmm. because um it was me my mom and my two sisters like i see my dad he'll come visit me like every day oh that's good yeah um, he eventually got married had two other kids um it was rough at first but eventually my mom the stepmom i don't even call them half brothers half sister you just call yeah. your brother and sister brother, yeah. sister and it's the same everybody just gets along um, that's good. just like that so that's, good. that's how yeah, my good. family um eventually ended up coming that's yeah. good. That's healthy. It's healthy. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very hard though. You have to remember that like, like as human beings, like regardless of ethnicity, like your mm-hmm. hindbrain is telling you that like you own this person mm-hmm. and these are your kids and that's what's most important, right? So if anything comes between that, then that, that other person or those other kids got to go. It's like a lion. When a lion takes over a pride from someone, if there's already cubs, they kill them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, <laughs> in, like in the first part, like when I used to visit my dad with, with, with his wife, mm-hmm. Like my mom never liked that. Of course, yeah, that's she gonna make never. her feel weird. <laughs> but she was already his wife, not his girlfriend. No, and you know where they they, they were working all three of them were working at the same place. Oh yeah, that <laughs> see, yeah. that's a, that's just like asking for trouble. So, like, that's, how do you yeah. so that's how they met. But like, she never liked when I used to go over and visit um and visit them. Like when my dad wanted to start the process for me to come over here, she never wanted to do that because that would mean giving me up for adoption. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. she's like so trying to take my son away. Yeah, never yeah. wants to do that. So 
like it's like later on I found out about all these arguments that used to happen mm. behind the scenes. Yeah. At least it was behind the scenes. Yeah, you yeah, know, it wasn't in front of you. Until eventually, like she and the stepmom got along, all the kids got along, and then everybody got along. Mm. People keep asking my mom, "How do you do it? How yeah. do you talk to the wife?" And she's like, "What? What am I supposed to do?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. She so saw the bigger picture, I mm. think, too. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, my okay, so my dad he had a string of relationships, uh, but when I was younger, he was gonna marry this woman. She was German, and I don't know how he messed that up, um, but he did. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> and then, and, and you know, towards like what ended up being towards the end of his life, like I have a sister who's six, um, and like her mom. Uh, like the women he dated are, were all really weird except for my mom and my stepmom and they never got married but I still call her my stepmom because she's very she's very involved like she doesn't she doesn't really care that like he has other kids mm -hmm. she's the one who's calling all my half siblings like what are you guys doing do you guys want to come over and do this do you want to do stuff with your sisters actually da -da 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 -da. like she's very involved and so for her she was like meh uh, but her dad's also West Indian and so I think she has a lot of half siblings too and so she's like she's used yeah. to it. Um, yeah and so for me, I never felt like I needed to shy away from her or she was going to do something bad to me or anything like that. And um, honestly, I think as people in general, like not just black people, but we should get used to that because we still haven't changed our ideas on like what marriage is, what being monogamous is or any of those things. So a lot of, you know, 50% of marriages, I'm doing air quotes, mm -hmm. guys, you can't see, but, um, you know, 50% of marriages in America break up. And it's like, why do they break up? Is it because we're not teaching people what a marriage actually is or what it takes to go into it? Or are we just bad at relationships in general? Blah, yeah, blah, blah, I think blah. all of that, yeah. So I think it's because we have a lot of traditional values, quote unquote, air quotes, for me as well, imposed from people and from cultures that are not our own mm. and that are not originally us. And like we don't, we also don't know. How, I think that's the problem with our generation and why so many people are just like flat out just single. Like yeah, all around the world. Like they're not, yeah, we're not about yeah, it. Like, <laughs> like literally all around the world. Like just like, do any of us have kids? Dating, they're not. Even, some people are not even like fooling around. Like they're just like straight up like, I am by myself. Mm -hmm. I am for myself. That's it. And like I agree with you. Like my my dynamics are very much the similar to yours. Where it was like my day to day, I was with my mom, but my dad was in the picture. You know, he would pick me up for things. I would spend the weekends with him. We would go on vacations. Um, you know, he was. It wasn't like he wasn't in the picture. He was there in the picture, but like the day to day stuff was my mom and I think that also comes from like, like a more like stereotypical older traditional view too whereas like his thinking his process when it comes to a lot of things was like you're the, the woman is supposed to take care of the child like I remember one time we got into a fight and he was like well I paid my child support and I was mm. like you have to do more than pay child support to be a dad I did that mm -hmm. to like, my dad too he got so mad yeah <laughs> and I was like but that's real yeah, yeah, you have to do, and I see that with younger dads, like, I see that with a lot of, like, my co-workers and stuff, like, you know, like, my boss and stuff and everything, he's a black man, his daughter got sick, and he immediately was like, I gotta call out, my, my, my baby girl's sick and stuff and everything, and he knows, like, his wife and stuff doesn't have as much flexibility with her time, so he immediately was like, alright, y'all do this and that, I'm getting a highway, I gotta go get my kid, and I see that more and more from like younger generations from like younger Gen Xers and millennials and so it makes me feel better that like we are slowly moving to a better brighter future but a lot of us do have 
connotations and baggage from like our own parents and our own parents have connotations and baggage themselves like both my parents had an alcoholic parent Mm. and that affected them and they you know just because of the way they grew up in the society like my dad's a boomer my mom is a gen xer and everything you know they didn't do things like talk about their feelings or get therapy or whatever now your black people don't talk about their problems Mm -mm. that's not that's not what we don't do (laughs) and it's just something like you're supposed to just like follow up and you're supposed to just take it and i realized that looking at my parents as people versus them as my parents like i realized that i see those things and i see those things that they never worked out before they had kids like a lot of us like you know, our parents just had us. They didn't think about it. They didn't plan it. They were just like, oh, child, okay. Mm. And and they did what they did. They could do their best. But I will say there has been definitely issues, especially in the last, like, couple of decades in, like, the Black family and how the Black family looks and, like, what people do and what, you know, what are you supposed to do? What do you take? What do you not take? What do you not accept? And I don't, I don't know, like... I noticed, like, especially in the D.C. area and everything, a lot of people are talking about being, like, ethnically non-monogamous or being poly or things like that. And I support that if you genuinely do believe in that and you genuinely feel like you can love and give love to multiple people at the same time and you could be honest about that. My thing is that I don't think that's for everybody and I don't mm-hmm. think everyone can do that. And I think that sometimes people do use it as a way to deal with negative issues that they may have instead of actually fixing them. That last point you just made about um, polyamory and those types of non-traditional relationships, do you feel like uh, black women settle for that type of thing? Because this goes back to the point that I raised earlier about um, there being, uh, well, black women from the lower class rising up to the middle class. or, or being more likely to do so than men. So that I hear black women talking about there's, uh, you know, there's so many of us and not so many, you know, good qualified black men to match me. Do you feel like because of that dynamic, black women are willing willing to settle for, you know, less desirable men, black men, just to say that they, you know, at least have a man and have somebody to love them, even if it's not an ideal situation. And, you know, polyamory, like if a woman is with a man, she knows that he's gonna cheat. Maybe she might agree to polyamory or being a sister wife or something like that, uh, as opposed to not having anybody at all. Do you think that's a motivation for some of these non-traditional um, relationship arrangements? I think it depends. Like, it really depends on the person and the people. And that's such a hard thing. Like, I think I think in some of the things that you're saying is true. Like, I do, I do see that. I do see, like... I, I have met amazing women and be like, wow, you're so educated, you're so smart, you're so great. And you're with this guy that I, I guess he doesn't beat you, so that's okay, right? And, the sad fact that that even comes to your mind really makes me sad. Yeah, like, I thought we were past that. No, and like, I have met women who have partners that, you know, they're not as ambitious, they're not as kind, they're not as loving, they're not as you know, whatever, whatever, but the fear of being alone and the fact that, like, especially as women, we have the, we have the idea of, like, you got to be with somebody, you got to be married. Like, 
I was seeing pictures of like Maya, the singer who just got married, and a lot of even women were just like, oh, I was beginning to think that something was wrong with her. Like, I was getting to wonder, like, why she ain't married and like, what what's wrong with her? She's so pretty, you know. I was beginning to think, you know, she's like a Shanti, like, there's something secretly wrong with her. What's wrong with Shanti? She's just not married, that's why people think there's something wrong with her. Right, but people have this idea when they see a woman, especially a woman like, over a certain age who is very pretty and successful in talent why are they not married what's what's wrong with them mm-hmm. whereas like when that happens to me, like not so many people were wondering about george clooney like george i was clooney just thinking was that like mm-hmm. yeah like george clooney you know george clooney was literally at like grandpa's age isn't george clooney's he, girlfriend like an underclassman in college is she that's gross no, she's, uh, she could have been <laughs> Nah, he does date like uh, like really young girls though. I think, but he's people married. like that's okay though. He's not married. That's the whole point. George Clooney is no, like George I don't. George Clooney is married. Is he? I thought he was like he I just don't got married, he married uh, like a few years ago. He was like that, but he did eventually like end up marrying a lawyer. Um, but like the but the nineteen year old lawyer. No, she's thirty five. Thirty something. Why do you think she's a child? No. Stop it. She isn't a child. She's I know that Jerry Springer did that. Mm. I've heard about him. Um, Wait, quick side note. Did like, y'all know that Jerry Springer used to be the mayor of New York City? When? No, no that's not true. Yes, he was. Stop it. When? Between who? Like, For like a year. Hmm. What? I never knew. Yo, Jerry I was Springer. today is, years old. He's his own person. Jesus. You learn something I'm new sorry, every day, not guys. Jerry, not Jerry Springer. I'm sorry. Jerry Steinfeld. Like, dated like a girl who's really young. Also, Woody Allen, too. No, Woody Allen's oh, nasty, though. Story. No, he's a whole different story. He did that. He did his his adopted daughter. He needs to be oh, me yeah. too immediately. Me and Alex were talking yeah. about this the other day. We're like, crazy. What grooming. he what he did was actually legal. It's, it's disgusting. Still, it's like, like yeah. ugh. Me, me and Wait, Alex G were talking about that yesterday about grooming versus like you know when someone's called a pedophile because because they, mm-hmm. they touched someone. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna pause real quick. You okay? But I was just gonna finish the point where it's just like I think that some people do do that because they are fearful of being alone. Just like mm-hmm. I see, I've seen like men marry women or deal with women who are very difficult, who are not loving, who are not caring because they don't want to be alone. Yeah. And so I can see that on both sides of, of the table and things like that. But I do believe that some people. They generally can love more than one person and they generally can balance and have fulfilling relationships with more than one person and like be in an actual open relationship where people know that it's open, people know that it's out there. Mm -hmm. My fear is that because this is such a relatively new concept in our society as a whole, like it's not new, like people have been doing this for centuries. Yeah, I was about to ask about Africa and and the... Oh yeah, polygamy yeah, over there. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. they got like seven wives. Yeah. yeah, but the I think the thing is is that because it's a new concept with the world kind of we live in, because like a lot of like societies and stuff that have done that, it was because of resources. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, let me have sister wives and marry this wealthy man because this wealth is going to be spread. Because mm-hmm. you have to remember for a long time, and not all t- cultures and traditions, but in a lot of cultures and traditions, like women could not work, they could not own a wage. Yeah. So the way yeah. they got income was to marry someone who had money. Yeah. And so that's why you would see like wealthy men who have like multiple wives and things like that. And to this day, you still see wealthy men with multiple wives or multiple girlfriends and stuff mm-hmm. like that in other parts of the world. But I think nowadays, like for some people, like they legitimately can 
have fulfilling relationships with multiple people at once. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's for everyone. And oh, I think that's sure part not, of yeah. the problem that I'm seeing <laughs> is that like people who probably should have broken up or separated are trying to have threesomes or have like more people in their lives instead of actually working on themselves or working on their own relationship. Mm -hmm. And like, you see people who are like, oh, I'm in an open relationship and they spend so much time trying to find other partners rather than working on the relationship they actually are already in. And what ends up happening with that is that either the relationship that you're already in kind of is just like, y'all just chilling because y'all too afraid to leave or you guys have too much in your lives entwined or whatever and things like that, but you're not really together. And then you end up finding other partners, you know? And so I think it's like, yeah, it's a a layer question and things like that. And there's a lot more to explore with that. And I do, I do think part of it is the desirability of partners. And I think I see that one of the biggest problems is that at least that I've personally faced that I've met nice men, but they don't know how to talk to women. Oh my God, they're so bad. And it's hard because like part of me feels bad about that, but then part of me is like, I didn't know how to talk to men. I didn't know how to talk to boys. I took the time and I learned, you know, Mm -hmm. and I took the time to mess up and have awkward conversations and have guys who were like, oh, you're a weirdo. I don't want to talk to you and do that. Where I think for some men, they never want to do that, especially some men older, you know, men of older generations. Like the idea of being embarrassed or humiliated or things like that, they're just not going to do it. They're not going to put themselves out there. They're not going to be vulnerable. And they're you not going to be past vulnerable that, to the fact. Yeah. I got, I got, you got to get past that as a man, man. I got a whole track record of things I shouldn't have said. <laughs> but yeah, you, but, but he learned like from it, yeah. Be with someone, yeah, if you want to be with someone, you have to be vulnerable. And that's yeah. with all genders, like with mm-hmm. anybody. You want to be with someone, you want to build something, you want to have a relationship with someone, you're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have yeah, to expose right. yourself. You're going to end... Some some people are terrible and they're gonna use that against you. You know, yeah. I've had that weaponized and stuff against me. But other people, like, they'll be receptive and you'll receive it and you could have something deep and emotional. But, you know, Not the if way you don't we put yourself been, out there. But do you think that black men are yeah. uniquely averse to vulnerability? Yes. And what, sure. what, what motivates that? I don't think black men are uniquely averse because I've seen it in other types of men and I've seen it in other black men who haven't been. I've seen black men who have not, who are not from America slash who haven't grown up in America or been socialized in American culture Hmm. who are able to be vulnerable. But I think in the United States with men who are either from here or have been raised here or have like cultural ties with stuff here, part of it is because of the demasculation. So it's just like for centuries of like not being able to be a man, constantly being emasculated, constantly being told that you're less, constantly being, you know, whether, like, I feel like our society has created the ideal archetypes of what is it to be a woman and what is it to be a man? And then we did things to non-white people to make them not those things. So you see, like, even with Asian men, like, they've been emasculated, but they've been emasculated in a different way than Black men have been emasculated. And with Black women, they haven't been feminized. So it's like, you know, you have this idea archetype of, like, a woman, she's supposed to be this, she's supposed to be that. And then Black women have always been working. Like, Black women have honestly led a lot of the work work struggles because they've been working consistently through this whole entire time, whether it's domestics, um, whether it was even doing, like, work and stuff, like, 
on farms or in like factories and things like that, like black women have constantly been the breadwinners. And that's why I feel like we do have a very maternalistic culture because like black women have been allowed to be breadwinners because black men have consistently been defranchised from jobs and have been not and been barred from jobs, been barred from employment or been barred from making a lot of money or been barred from voting and been barred from what has been traditionally quote unquote considered masculinity and malehood. Wait, so does and that, our, the, do you think that that um, kind of opens up to the idea that like me and Fahrenheit said, like in my mind, it's like obviously a woman should be in charge because she's gonna make the right decision because power in their hands from my perspective has always been wielded correctly or um, for the betterment of not just themselves, but the people around them. And the idea in our head kind of doesn't set us against men, but it's kind of uh, puts us in the mindset of what you would consider most men is that obviously not that this man is below me, but like this man is not fragile, but like he needs me more than I need him. And that's kind of a, because, because we've always been working, because we're prepared, because we have been at the forefront of things. Do you think that that's a detriment to us uh, relating to them in an, an equal manner? I think the problem is, isn't that, I think the problem is, is that we've had this kind of flipped idea of masculinity and femininity and all that kind of stuff. So black women are seen as more masculine for multiple, for a multitude of reasons. And instead of us not realizing that all this stuff is stuff that's being imposed on us like this is naturally who we are or, or things like that like you know I, I never understood like okay black men can't get jobs because of racism and all these like other issues black women can get jobs partly also because of racism where it's like oh yeah like you can't have like a professional job but you can watch these kids and you can do this and you can do that I never understood like why and it's not all because I definitely have seen black men like you know take care of children and things like that but I never understand like why didn't just black men be like okay I I can't do these things because of this stuff let me be the caretaker let me help take children like or I shouldn't say why black men why did not more black men do that and instead what ends up happening is that it ends up resentment. So, so do like, you think that, that that's a part of, A, what masculinity is in America or what masculinity is in the Black community? Does, do you think that, that, that they didn't make this decision to be caregivers because they felt like in the eyes of the community, they would be seen as less because it's not a man's place to take care of children? And I've heard people say, like, men can't take care of children. And I'm like, that's not true. You think women just come out of the womb, out of their mom's wombs and know how to take care of kids no people you're trained to do that that's what barbie dolls are for that's what baby dolls are for you know what i mean that's why you have little kids carrying purses little girls i think it's a socialized thing like i think i said this in a prior episode where it's like whatever problems that are happening in the larger american context it's more concentrated and magnified within minority communities because Mm. we're smaller Mm, yeah so like if and i and i think that's the, the problem is is that like even though there's no evidence for things, we still can't get out of traditional roles. Like you'll have you'll have men who are like, nah, I, I can't be with a woman who makes more money than me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like they will be compatible with somebody. They will have a lot in common with them, and they'll be like, nah, I just can't. I just can't be with someone who makes more money than money than me. I think that's something that is slowly changing because I even see now, like I've seen dudes straight up be like, yo, I want a sugar mama, and I'm like, dang, <laughs> okay, all right. 
<laughs> and some women be like, like yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take I'll take care of them. They're like, yeah, like I I I I want a, a nice pretty young thing too, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've I've seen a little bit of that, you know, not as much as you see the other side, but I've seen a little bit of that. Mm. Um, but I do think that it's it's like we have bought into these stereotypes, even with ourselves. Like when we think about how we look, and I, I, you know, one of the discussions I would like to talk about, you know, um, one time is colorism. Yeah, that's what I was and... just gonna use you as a segue. So yeah, but <laughs> colorism. So you've been talking, you've been talking for a little bit. I just want to hear, mm-hmm. like Wayne, do you have anything to say about? Gen- I saw you shaking your head over here. I don't know if you maybe lost the thought, but we were talking about, you know, the dynamic of men, black men. Uh, not in the context of America, not uh, being considered masculine or failing to be masculine or be the man even before, you know, even without all the stuff that's against them being taken into account. Like, do you think that that's true or that that affects uh, the black community in some way, Fahrenheit even, maybe? Like, Like to an extent, like based on your culture, like, okay. You, uh, you don't see that a lot, like, back where I'm from, back in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Like, it's most of the females who do, like, the cooking, the cleaning, and all that stuff. I mean, men know to, how to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's primarily them that does that. Mm-hmm. You get me? And they're not as emotional. They don't talk. Wait, yeah. the women? What do you mean the emotional? Men. What are you trying to say? Oh. No, the men. <laughs> like, they don't emote as much. Oh. You get me? So they could be going through, like, like they could be dying. I yeah, because men don't cry, right? Yeah, men don't all, cry. All that mm-hmm. stuff. So, like, it goes back again, like she says, to, like, the, soci- the soci- society and also, like, based on culture. Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. you have any feelings on that? Um, I agree with everything that really Alex mm-hmm. said. Most of it. Um, I don't. I kind of lost my thought for a little bit, okay. but we. Uh, yeah, he's coming okay. to something else. So yeah. colorism. Like, that was on my mind a little while ago, Alex, when you were um, talking about uh, like a man who doesn't want to be with a woman because she makes too much money. And along those lines, it's like there are people um, for external reasons. I mean, in every era, in every ethnicity, there is a standard of beauty of what someone mm-hmm. who's beautiful looks like. And in the black community, that that has been, I think, drastically affected by uh, slavery and whatnot. So, you know, red bones or people who are lighter skin are always considered more attractive or they get more, um, I'll say, attention um, in the black community. Or they're less threatening to whites. Yes. And I remember this is from TV, but like I tell, you know, my listeners all the time, like uh, creative works, whether it be art, whether it be music or uh, anime or anything like that they reflect what's happening in that society at the time uh, and they reflect uh, us as people no matter how zany they are um, and in a show there was a, a woman she's a black woman married to a black man and she has a modeling agency and there was two models and one was light skin and one was dark skin and the wife was like she picked the dark skin art uh, model and the light skin model was like well she's already had too many covers and this is and that and the woman was like she chose her because she's dark skin because you can go anywhere you get on a cover because you're light skin and I was like that's legit and me personally I mean you, my listeners have seen me you guys have seen me but like I, I consider myself brown but just the other day, someone who is from Africa, he was like, well, you're kind of light. And I was like, mm. and and Alex, who is one of my childhood friends, my whole childhood teased me for being quote unquote light skin. So it, that's like a sore spot for me. Right. So I'm like, I'm brown. I am right in the middle. I am the essence of being black. <laughs> well, to j- jump in about. Um, so Colorism. we know that when it comes to colorism, 
dark-skinned people generally will almost always have the short end of the stick. Yes. So as somebody who is not dark or who is teased for being light-skinned, has your complexion, I mean, you're kind of brown, but um, people who are darker than you, yeah. you know, you might be kind light of. to some of them. Or so, you're light enough that somebody can make can poke fun at you, okay. right? Okay, I'm just going to say that that how you feel or like your color is is it's i think it's objective right but it's also subjective because we live with other people because alex g is the kind of person to you know how now apple has the emojis that you can change the shade <laughs> she was sending the darkest emoji and i'm like you're not that dark i ain't gonna lie she got I caught up by our other friend i'm like you're not that black but you're like two up from there but i've been called dark skin yeah. and i grew up being teased for that and i grew up always in the shadow i had you know i had a, a light-skinned cousin and i was always like oh she's so pretty she's so beautiful her hair is so great oh it's so amazing and like literally one time like she got called by her name and i was called the dark one and so i internalized that like you know going to middle school and all that stuff and everything growing up in boston and having people oh you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl yeah, yeah or i don't really like darker girls or like i don't really like dark-skinned girls and it's like, I've lived 28 out of 30 years feeling like I'm dark skin. Like, it wasn't until someone was like, you're not dark skin and this is why. And I was like, oh. And it's not that I didn't know that people weren't darker than me. Like, I knew there were people dark than me. But I thought we were all part of like, the dark, like, that was my tribe, the dark skin tribe. Like, like you, if you, didn't, you didn't pass the brown yeah, paper bag like, test. I yeah. was one of the many shades of darker people. Yeah. And then to have someone be like, no, you're just a regular schmegler black person. Like, you're like medium tone. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living a lie. You and know, like, even now, I feel like. Living a lie? Come on. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, even now, I struggle because it's just like my first thought still is always like if I buy makeup I like if I pick it out and I don't match myself I'm like oh I this one and the person at the makeup counter be like actually you're a little bit more lighter and I'm like oh okay you know what's funny <laughs> side note I recently had someone tell me that like oh if you look across like the breadth of like in Boston because they live in Boston but there's she was like I noticed that when I see black children like for the most part, they're like not the same color, but they're all kind of the same shade of brown. Like in the diaspora, uh, especially with African-Americans or like people, Af slaves who are in white countries, I'm slaves, black people who are in white countries and they enter, you know, we intermingle, integrate all this stuff. Like, you know, you get lighter, not always, but sometimes the phenotypes tend to glance towards the lighter side. And she was like, if you notice that there, it seems like there's a lot more black children than there are like, quote unquote, mixed children. And I was like, that could be because, uh, you know, pro-blackness is becoming a thing. Or it could just be because, you know, black genes are very strong. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. But colorism has been embedded in our, our culture, black culture, for a long, long time. And even now, I, I think it's still very prevalent. Have you guys ever like felt any uh, colorism i dated a guy when i was the first person i ever dated and he was like he said to me and this is the first time the only time really in my whole life where someone like said i was dark but he was like oh yeah dark-skinned women are always such so much more grounded than light-skinned women and at the time like in my family color wasn't a thing like my grandmother's my color she's brown my grandfather was slightly darker than her but like my all my oldest aunts like my mom's the second to last they're all light skin they're all pretty light and one one person called my uncle pus colored um he's not that light but at the time i guess he was so and my uncle and my mom are like dark and so 
you know, for me and my family, it was never a thing, color. So for him to say, like, oh, you know, dark-skinned women, referring to me, like, dark-skinned women are always so much more, like, amiable and, like, down-to-earth than, than light-skinned girls. And I was at the time, I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but it happened to me. And, I mean... Well, that's the reverse of what you usually hear. It is. Usually dark-skinned yeah. women are demonized as being, yeah. you know, over-the-top and hood rats and, and hyper-masculine and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, that was probably my name because... It was like my first boyfriend, and he was like, "Oh, if I pay her a compliment, yeah, whatever." I have a lot of that first person was like horrible. But have you guys ever felt any particular way? I mean, I think we're all pretty even toned. I think we're all pretty medium brown here. But yeah. have you ever? I've never faced any real color. Well, because I'm lighter, a lot of people would consider me light skin. Mm-hmm. So you know, a remark that you might make about a dark skin person it stings more because it's like, almost like you're punching down the social order, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if somebody, you know, somebody told me, oh, you know, you're, you're not bad looking for a light-skinned guy. I mean, I know not to say that. It, that's not going to feel the same. Mm-hmm. It's not going to slap the same as mm-hmm. when, you know, Alex said, oh, you know, you're pretty to be dark-skinned, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people, you know, I have a certain advantages, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a threatening presence, you know? Mm-hmm. Part of that is because I'm skinny. But <laughs> the other part is because, you know, you know, yes. people don't attach, people attach, you know, you know, more aggressive qualities to somebody based because they're dark skinned, you know? Because they're more they're more other, you know, like they're they're more African, basically like they you express more uh, I'm just saying. of the phenotypes. Yeah. White white people would be would be more afraid of Wesley Snipes than Jesse Williams. Yeah, definitely. They just would, you know? And 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 but, that's because for a long time right. it was like they want us to be more like them because for whatever reason they you know it's safety well they knowing. wanted us to not exist but yes. the, the, those of us they would accept yeah. to look the most like that yeah. you know what which I mean? is yeah. ridiculous right because you have to know that regardless of your ethnicity just because someone looks like you doesn't mean you could trust them mm-hmm. so we could end up looking like them but you don't know that their parents didn't sow this, the seeds of you lie in their bed you kill them when they're sleeping so I'm just gonna put that out there don't be fooled because you don't actually know what's going on with someone but sorry continue yeah but I mean how, how a lot of what I just said works internally uh, when black, darker skinned black men have all these negative characteristics and aggression primarily attached to them, and then you have lighter skinned black men, they're considered soft, they're considered weak and punks, and they get tried a lot. Do they? Yeah. In some I always situations, felt, yeah. Some, yeah. Well, I always felt like they were the ones that all the girls wanted, right? Like, because it was like, and what, does that, and, what does, and what does that engender in the darker skinned men? that's competition and competition yeah. for unfair reasons right so i think, I think for they each have us, their like, season mm-hmm. as women i think for as women on the women front like until fairly recently i think like light-skinned men were always fetishized like oh you're so cute you're so this da, 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 da. oh you're a pretty boy da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. and i think that from the male perspective especially from darker skin male it was like oh i'm i'm gonna test this dude like i'm gonna I'm, I'm, more, yeah. I'm more of a man than him yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna test this to oh he thinks he's something because he's a pretty boy you know da 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 and I I definitely have seen that but then like for I guess like from the dating and like the love aspect and things like that like straight up I I just was like for me my own personal story is that I just 
didn't think I was attractive or I was pretty. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm smart. And that's that's going to be my wheelhouse. I'm just going to focus on education. Alex, like, that's why are we the same thing. person? I mean, we know this already, twins. but oh my gosh. I just literally, <laughs> like, that twins. was my thing. I was like, oh, I'm smart. And I know things about popular things that guys like. They're going to love it. Guys hate that. <laughs> they freaking hate when that's you know no. what they know. I think it's you're true. meeting the wrong guy. Maybe. Yeah. Some guys like it, but like growing up, right it was like, yeah. oh yeah, no, yeah, no, blah, blah, blah. Tough. And they'd be like, no, this is better. And tough. I'm like, no, this is, they're better because ABC, oh God, they hate that. <laughs> growing up, it was definitely tough, but I I will say like, and like, I that would always happen to me. Like my, if I would go out with a group of girlfriends, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, like, my lighter friends will get more guys regardless of race so white guys latino guys yeah. whatever all of them would you know toss them them over me and that's something that my also my older cousins also face like anytime like they will go out with their cape Verdean friends people will want to talk to them they want to dance with them they want to hang out with them anytime i would go out with asian friends the same thing where for me it was like oh i guess you're here too or you exist or yeah. You know, it's like every time whatever, you go out, you're whatever. the ugly friend, or you know, not the ugly friend, because everyone's attractive in some way. But it's like you're you're the other, you're left out because you're not what they've been told is a standard of beauty. Yeah, and I think that's slowly changing, but I think it's changing more for men than women. So mm-hmm. now there's like, yeah, I would say like now there's definitely more federalization on darker men now that people are like, ooh, look at you, you chocolate bar, you so that sexy. That is true, yeah. Full blackness, oh, has, yeah. Oh, this, this, and that. But for well, yeah, if a, if a women, white woman is trying to make if a white woman is trying to, trying to make her dad mad, she's not gonna go for me. Do you she's know gonna that there's go a for the blackest dude in the room? Yeah, there's a podcast with about two white women called Black Guys We Fucked, and I was like. Yeah. I was yes, like, this is what we're talking about, white people. This is what we're talking about. I, I can't with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why do you have a whole po-? And it's popular. And I'm like, okay, so. Yeah. 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 But they might, because the thing is, like, you are black, but you're like, to them, you're black, but you're not that black. So they're trying to make their I'm dad not mad. Exotic enough. But they might still like you because you could be accepted. Like, they like you because you're you, but also you'll make their dad mad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're safe. Yeah. Does that make like, sense? I think it, I think it plays on the. I'm diet black. Front. Yeah. Diet black. <laughs> I mean, everyone assumes that you're better, but really, you're the same as the other one. speaks so well. <laughs> uh, so we're just gonna wind it down really quick. Obviously, we're gonna have another conversation going forward. I'm I'm open to uh, topics. I I don't I haven't picked the next topic yet, but we're definitely gonna do this very very soon again. And maybe we'll switch out people. Maybe Wayne will come back. Uh, maybe we'll bring back Erica and or Lexi or bring in someone new. Uh, I've been looking to bring in a, a friend named Tegan. So we'll see. Um, but thank you all for being here so much. Like oh, I love talking with you guys. Right. Co-op mode is, was nice. Co-op mode is my new favorite thing. So uh, <laughs> remember, everyone, uh, if you want to hear more, you can always find us on Discord, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, and make sure to check out Fahrenheit TV on YouTube. She has her own website as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, shout out. And I don't know about these guys. I don't know if they want their info out there. But uh, just make sure to uh, support and like and subscribe, all that fun stuff. And do it for the XP, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Wayne has to leave, but we can keep talking. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> Bye, guys. Wayne. Thank Bye you for Wayne. coming. Bye. Bye, Wayne. Thanks for coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your way up. Ooh, don't put it on there. Yeah. 
On your way out, just turn down number two. The leveler, yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. Okay. I know he has to, he's gonna ride, so okay. they came to get him. That makes sense. You want me to just turn it off? Yeah, turn it off, yes. So mm -hmm. black guys we've effed? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how many, how many Kardashians on this podcast? Two. <laughs> yeah. And they're blonde, too. Yo, I freaking hate that. I tell people as often as I can. Do they sound blonde? No, they are blonde. Like, their photos. But do they the, sound blonde? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. This I'm one black guy. The I'm not going to give them the time of day. It white to me. It only sound blonde. And the thing is, oh, my God. issue with blonde, though, is that a lot of people, like, that's been fetishized, right? So it's like blonde women are more attractive. It's like most white people outside of Scandinavia are freaking dark hair. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, get over that. I was like, they dye their but hair. But it has been, it has been fetishized. And, like, I don't know. I, it's something, I remember J.D. Pink and Smith saying, like, she had to get over her prejudice against blonde white women and i was like mm -hmm. never. that makes one of us never. exactly <laughs> never never and it's hard because like i have and i like well i've been i have worked worked on it because i realized like you know like i went to a country full of like white blonde people like i stayed abroad and stuff and everything and it's hard because like as a black woman as an american you have those like connotations where it's just like for me that represents scariness like she's gonna fake cry and say i'm aggressive or she's gonna you know try to like do stuff and everything to like backstab me and like for me i i have the total opposite idea of blonde white women than what the stereotype is yeah. yeah and it's like for me it's the archetype of like the worst yeah. <laughs> like Basically, and I hate that. And the sad thing is that, like, for us, we only see it as a benefit for them. But obviously, it's detrimental to them, right? They have the damsel in distress. And they use that when it's beneficial for them, but it makes them look weak. No one takes them seriously, right? Because it's like, oh, look, this, this woman thinks she has ideas. And she obviously doesn't. She's just a hangers-on. That's what white women are. Blonde white women, especially. And I tell people all the time, I was like, you guys never notice in popular movies, if there's a female protagonist, like she's blonde and her best friend is brunette and her brunette best friend is always so jealous and betrays her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I was brunette, I'd be pissed as hell, right? Like, I'm not the secondary character. I can be the main character. Um, but colorism in the black community. No, they make anything dark negative, basically. They do. And and that's what's really Even awkward. in Disney movies, they do that, too. Oh, my gosh, yes. And also, there was this weird, awkward thing in Dragon Ball Z where Mr. Mr. Bobo is literally, like, he's oh just black God. with, like, these really, like, weird red lips. Mm. And it's like, is this blackface? He looks like a Sambo. He looks yeah. like blackface. Yeah. And like, well, you know what? People raised hell about that, and they had a version of Dragon Ball Z where they turned his skin blue. But have you seen One Punch Man? I have. There's a, there's a character guy. called Black Black Luster Shine or something like that. It's, that's not his name. It's it's Black Luster something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he looks just like Mr. Popo. He has these these large black eyes. Yeah. With no eyelids, they just open, and his lips are unnaturally pink for the rest of his face. He's muscle bound. He wears no clothes, and when he powers up, like as a superpower, he's butt naked. They just really made it's super alloy dark shine. So you Something. can we can talk about colorism and racism from non-black people on black people. That might be the next topic. Yes, yes, true, yes. But in in our in of ourselves, sorry, I took mm -hmm. it to anime. I took it to to, to movies. But like mm -hmm. among ourselves, it's like like we were, we were saying. I think we kind of really covered it to be honest. But it's I think there's still a large faction of black people, even people who are pro black who are like 
they still have that that dynamic in their head though it's like oh well if i date someone who's light-skinned like life's gonna be better kind of like you know black people marrying white people because they think it will help them do better i remember being in college and we did this um exercise and he was talking about i don't know it came down to an analogy where you're a business owner and you're black and you want to hire someone who's black and you get a light-skinned person a dark-skinned person and he was like, who are you going to hire? And I was like, light skin. And they were like, no. Everyone was like, no, you're going to hire the dark skin person. And at the time, I wasn't, I didn't have the wherewithal to come back, like, no colorism. And especially back then, they're going to pick the lighter skin person because they feel like they're more trustworthy, regardless of their background or anything like that, or the resume. Because colorism is a thing. And so it's like, oh, well, dark skin people don't know how to act. And light skin people, because they're, they're house, you know, they're house slaves, not field slaves. They're more well-mannered. And I think a lot of black people still have that mentality yeah. or i think we try to ignore it like if you try and tell someone who's like overtly light-skinned that they have a benefit just like the analogy i brought up from that tv show where the light-skinned girl was really upset because she was like oh that dark-skinned girl has already had all these opportunities and you know the boss is like light-skinned people have oppor- way more opportunities than, than dark-skinned girls because no one wants to put them on cover because people don't think they're attractive and they like try to deny it. It's like, but you can't use those benefits and also deny them, deny it. And I think that's another underlying, that's a resentment that I think darker skinned people have. Cause it's like, you want to use your power. You want to, you know, not pass, but you want to get over, but then you want me to like sympathize with you. You want us to be on the same team when it suits you, but not be on my team when it doesn't suit you. And it's like, why is, how is that beneficial to me? And they don't see it that way. Yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I think for me, like, I personally get offended when people call me light skin. I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. I never have just because I've that that term light skin has just really just I don't know. It's, it's a loaded term. It mm-hmm. is. It doesn't make me feel empowered at all. It's mm-hmm. never made me feel empowered, especially because I come from a family that's like a rainbow of shades. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously i understand the privileges behind it Mm -hmm. but i think sometimes people could use it as if like oh this is the only reason why you got this like Mm -hmm. you only got this because you're light-skinned not because you're smart and you work for it and all that other stuff and um one of the things i really hate that our community the black community does is Mm -hmm. that i remember a a while ago i started seeing like hashtags team light skin team dark skin really yeah it was all all over social media and when i tell you that shit makes me so upset mm-hmm. is because we talk about this this like colorism we talk about all the issues we need to work on right to mm-hmm. fix to make the next generation better even to make this generation better mm-hmm. but we keep that shit alive yeah we do yeah. we keep it alive when we do hashtags like that to make it fun mm-hmm. you know to make it like a cool thing and then you know we 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 say all these things like to other people to bring them down even like right now when like dark-skinned people are so empowered like people are uh, celebrating like people are even making a, a effort to to make sure that like if they make a movie that the movie is like you know it has dark skin beautiful shades of black people yeah, in there yeah. and then we come out with stupid things like this like oh like we i don't know i just feel like our community just continues to keep that colorism yeah. live like it can't be like oh we're celebrating black people it's like yeah. oh we're only we're only going to support this movie because it has dark skin people and we only want to see them yeah. on or we're only going to support this movie because it has light skin. like it's we like keep we, that shit alive that we take working. one step forward and yeah we don't that. see ourselves as just yeah. black people we yeah. still are seeing ourselves as shades and like yes. colorism is colorism is real all the effects the shit that it has hurt people like yeah. so deeply is so real but for us to keep it alive and not heal from that and not see ourselves as just 
empowered black people yeah. that come in a variety of rainbow like all the time like that has been historically that's been like that mm-hmm. we keep it alive and then we make it easier for other cultures to do that against us too yeah you know what i mean sure. so i think we need to really do better mm-hmm. like i'm not saying like we shouldn't have these conversations or like yeah. we shouldn't call people out on their privilege hell yeah we should always call on their privilege but we shouldn't also demonize each other exactly or say like oh team this team that or you know like just kind of putting people on teams you're still doing that like how how slave feels slave shit kind of thing when you do that uh, someone brought up to me is that a lot of times we air dirty laundry and not that that's not something that white people do but the thing is is like instead of handling it internally and i don't know how you would do that in today's day and age but instead of us like saying we're not going to do that anymore like decide it on ourselves and stop doing it mm-hmm. we say we're going to do it and then we don't follow through and so it gives like you said other people ammunition to use against us even though that's something that we're doing amongst ourselves we end up bringing other people and giving them that option yeah i don't jesse that shit makes me so upset like yeah i mean it's no secret we don't prioritize unity as a people Mm-mm. you know because, you know, disunity has been sold in us, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, True. from the days of slavery, like, you know, Ashley, you mentioned earlier with um, house slaves and, mm-hmm. and the field slaves, you know. And that that stuff is just, it's been passed down, you know. Mm-hmm. Even True. as recently as, you know, the times of the Harlem Renaissance where they had, you know, the, the, the brown paper black brown paper bag test you can't get into this fraternity if you're too dark and then they had the blue vein societies Mm -hmm. you can't be a part of this exclusive upper class echelon of black people if you're and it's it runs so deep that even the the black intellectuals and the black activists uh succumbed to those um to that dynamic i mean you have w.e.b dubois who hated marcus garvey's guts and we celebrate because Marcus Garvey was getting more attention at one point than W.E.B. Dubois. He's like, he doesn't deserve to get that attention because I'm a light skin. He said that. He said that. Oh, and this is this wow. is who we celebrate. This is one that. of the people we celebrate during yeah. Black History Month. Yeah. So, you know, even people who are, you know, who are proud to be black in a sense and are committed to the progress of black people, they still have that, you know, mm-hmm. that negativity that's mm-hmm. so deeply ingrained that it bypasses their intellect. That was an awesome episode, guys. I mean, this co-op mode has been like really crazy. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like these are really great things. I hope that uh, all you guys out there listening enjoyed the companions today, Jesse, Fahrenheit, Wayne, and Alex. And if you guys have your own thoughts on these topics, don't be afraid to share them. I'll definitely uh, shout you out on the next episode, and uh, we'll discuss, you know, your input. Like, be a part of this. Don't be afraid. As here at uh, XP Hunter, we do it for the XP, right, guys? Yes. yes. Oh yeah. yeah for sure. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later.